You're so vain, JB. I know. Here we go. You probably think this whole show is about you. Wow. Let's get fired up. You like that. Anybody going to name the band? Rage Against the Machine. Close. But no. Corn. Close, but no. no. Oh, gosh, I know this. The Prodigy. Oh, yeah. Didn't know that. You Never didn't heard know of that? Yes, you have. You've heard this song, though. I have. Yeah, oh, yeah. I think it's every intro to every racing video game ever. <laughs> it's on Grand Theft Auto 1 through 742. <laughs> yeah. That is true. <laughs> Gentlemen, how are we doing today? I'm awesome. I'm good. Doing good. Zach, you got the got the meds there? Helping yeah, out the back a little bit? The back bit. is uh, not awesome, but better than yesterday for sure. Nice. You tried acupuncture? Uh, no, I haven't. I haven't either. Okay. I don't like needles. I, I don't mind. Do it. I mean, I, I don't know anybody that's like, oh, yeah, needles. But I'm Tattoo. not too afraid. Don't you have both your nipples pierced? No, just one. <clears throat> Which one? The middle one. I got three nipples. <laughs> yeah, I know you do. <laughs> That's your nubbin. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg's got three nipples, I believe. I don't think he does. I think he does. I think Mark I, I Wahlberg has three nipples. I'm pretty sure of it. I'm pretty sure I've seen him without a shirt. I, I have, too. I don't think that he has three nipples. I'm just telling you he's got Unless he nipples. got one removed. This is completely digressed into a turd pile here. Um, gentlemen, we are back for another episode. Uh, today's guests are, I mean, let's be honest, it's a home run show for us, really for listeners, uh, because we're going to talk to a true, a legitimate legend in U.S. soccer, period, um, and, a, and a, a local legend to boot is joining in with us today. So. I'm, I am so excited about this. I mean, we've had a lot of players that have played at a high level. We haven't had a player who's won at that level yet. Yeah. Well, that's fair. Yeah. And now we now we're about to, and that is yeah. exciting to me because we've always talked about how awesome was that to score a goal yeah. in that that gold, gold cup yeah. game. Or but, the <laughs> but to be you, you are a world cup winner. Yeah. That's a whole other state. Exactly. Um, so there you go. There's your there's and an your Olympic. Hit. If you're not gold yeah. medal, and if player. you're not reading Wilder. your screen, you are you know and you don't know who the guest is. You know, good luck now. Great. Uh, it's going to be a great episode. <laughs> And arguably the most physically imposing appearance of St. Louis soccer of all time. Well, this and, dude will yeah. scare the living daylights out of you. And we've had D1 coaches on. We've had JUCO level coaches on. We've had high school. Club. Now everything. Club. And now we're going to have a D2 set of coaches. Yep. It's exciting. I'm pumped. So last episode, we were out at Fenton Barn Grill. Uh, having buckets of Miller Lite and eating the most amazing rub wings in the St. Louis area. I, and I, I'll put them up against anybody. I think you guys would concur on that. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to beat. I, I think uh, Kenny Godat might have a list of yeah. his I choices. Think he, and, I think he uh, had them like six or seven, and I think he's I wrong. He might have been top ten. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, he's wrong. Let's just call yeah, it we'll, we'll let him know. Uh, we had Dan, Dan Donegan yesterday. Uh, previous episode with us uh dan just an amazing story tremendous career early shifted into coaching um at the highest level at his alma mater of uconn first and then uh had stints at both uh rutgers and st louis university you know it's funny because we were texting a little bit last night afterwards and you know thanking him for being on the show he was thanking us for the opportunity 
and if you recall, guys, we, we talked about the players that he's touched, that he's played with, that he's grown up with, that he's coached, and who was the ringer. And, you know, we talked about joking about Brad. And he texted, and I don't know if it was you or him that was like, oh, by the way, Tim Ream, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, he did say that. <laughs> we forgot to mention that. I yeah, mean, we did. We did. For me, Dan, he, he, he has a special place in my heart. Um, he has a special place in our city's history of soccer. He's a big-time um, personality. Um, and the other thing that's great about him is find me one person who actually knows this landscape of St. Louis soccer that has a bad thing to say about that guy. I mean, he's an absolute sweetheart. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun to talk to him about just the, the different experiences that he's had in his multifaceted career and the passion you can still see coming from him right. towards the Development Academy, you know, the SDA. And I just hope people, you know, if you didn't listen to it, go back and listen to it. If you have any interest in learning more about the kind of club scene and where things are going, you know, we touch on that a little bit. And I think Dan has done a great job of, of trying to make sure the place of the, the, the St. Louis Developmental Academy is differentiated from the Gallagher's and the Fuse while still working with them Well, I think and he being collaborative. I think he was just super cognizant of the reality of the landscape right. and what their what their role is is as a club, as a development club. And, you know, he, he made it clear that they are prioritizing that balance between uh, good teams, have fun, compete, good chemistry, and development at the same time, yeah. and, and try to manage that process. So there's going to be a lot of people listening to this episode because of, because of our guest today, because uh, they're going to want to hear what her secret sauce is. Um, if you are one of those individuals, go back one, listen to, uh, coach Donegan as well, yeah. because you're going to, you're going to pick up a ton of nuggets there. I, I got one last, uh, nugget to, 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 as you say, um, to, to touch on with, uh, with Dan, um, he was very congratulatory of all the clubs around, which is just great. There was a time frame, and I think we lived in it, um, with our kids specifically, that if you were going to try to develop a boy or girl soccer player at a youth level there was basically one place to go we don't even need to mention who it is that's my opinion my opinion could be wrong with his group of coaches this is my takeaway after listening to the episode with the group of coaches that are at other clubs um and then the group of coaches that are in fenton there are a lot of places to good homes for kids to really learn the game of soccer yeah i agree and that that's my big takeaway i mean there is not a you're not going to go wrong with any of these guys that he talked about in the episode. No, and there's there's starting to become parity that didn't exist, at least on the boys' side. And I think, you know, we've talked to Otto at, at St. Louis Soccer Stars. We've yeah. talked with folks at Rush. We've talked to folks at Gallagher. We've talked to folks now at, at um, the Development Academy. We need to. We have a blind spot on the, the Fuse side, so... Maybe we need to get somebody. Oh, we we've, we've got, we we got them coming. I've got I, I know a couple. People. Yeah, I know a couple. People. Okay, we got them coming. I, I think they're like waiting till we hit fifty thousand downloads, and we're pretty close. <laughs> so they're coming down the pipe here. Let's let's shift gears a little bit. Because um, Champions little, League, Champions League one. For, what I want to talk about first though is our uh, City SC. Oh yeah, has a huge week. Uh, starting this evening at the time of the recording, we've got our second U.S. Open Cup game. And we are playing the Chicago Fire in Chicago, uh, followed by a league game Saturday against 
Chicago Fire. In Chicago. At Along Field. with the turnover that's happening up there in the Windy City. Yeah, Think no coach. Co- coach is fired uh, as of, uh, what, Sunday? Sunday yeah. the coach is fired. So I, I'll be honest. People are going to be listening to this after the game, so our predictions are moot at the point that you're listening. I don't like the first game because of that. Um, y- y- you know, you have teams that... I see a coach get fired and you know what happens in the locker room. You know what the players are thinking. Like we have to prove that it's not our fault. You know, that, that, that happens. So we'll see how we respond tonight. What kind of lineup we're going to put out there. We don't, do we know, do we not know if Klaus is back? And again, you're going to be listening to this tomorrow. Well, it Um, depends on how they prioritize. Yeah. That's the debate on Twitter right now. Do we prioritize the open cup game or do we prioritize the league game? Can, Can I ask you this though? So the, the Open Cup game is on a Tuesday, and, the, and our style is hot and heavy, and then the MLS game is on a Saturday. Um, to me, there's enough of a window there. So let's prioritize both effing games. Yeah, just win both. I mean, to me, I, what, yeah. was the, what was the schedule for last one? It was Saturday, Tuesday? Was that wrong? Am I wrong? I mean, there was less time in between yeah, that, you're league right. game and Open Cup than there is this time. These guys are pros. They're fit. We are a little banged up. They have enough time to bounce back to be able to put our best forward and, uh, you know, our foot forward in both games. And no, nothing to disparage, you know, Union Omaha, but Chicago Fire is not no, the same as Omaha. No. So you have a little more to potentially lose on both of these games. And so I think they're going to come out hot. I don't think Carnell wants to lose either of them. And I think we want to stay in and win as many cups as we can. And so if we can stay in this U.S. Open Cup and maybe win a, an Open Cup our first year, holy crap, and go on and, and get to the playoffs in, league, in our league, I think that's, that's <laughs> way more success than most would have ever, ever thought. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm excited about tonight. I hope, I hope we can find a place to watch it. But uh, we'll, we'll find a place to watch it. Um, so here, here's the other thing, too. The, yeah, maybe the MLS pitch. news, before we get into Champions League real quick, the other MLS news is the rumor mill is circling, cycling fast uh, in regards to San Diego and the potential of an expansion team. Now, a couple of things. Number one, the number that's being talked about is absolutely insane. Whoa. Half a billion dollars. And to put it in context, for those of you that are listening that may or may not know, our ownership group here in the city, we paid $200 million, oh, ripe three years ago. Um, fast forward three years, the next expansion team looks like it's going to be San Diego. They're paying 250% more. So that's can, a crazy can, number to me. All you relegation fans <clears throat> can kiss that goodbye for the next 20 years. Yeah, it's the pro-rel pro is, is dead. If these owners are, are coming in with that kind of money... And I'm not going to say. But why is the league? I guess my my issue with it is not so much on the ownership group for San Diego. They, they want a team, and they're passionate about it, and they've got the dollars to spend. Fine, but why are we putting that type of a onus on on an expansion team if there's a potential for and a desire for a pro rel? Well, and I that 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 bothers I, me. I don't think there is a desire for it. To not be. within the league uppers, no. <clears throat> but yeah, within the fans, there is. Sure, but but I mean that's just not. It's not going to happen. But the second part of my comment regarding the expansion team is if you look at the map and you look at the divisions, what this really means is you have the potential of a restructuring. And guess who sits right in the middle that theoretically can or should go 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 in the Eastern Division? Yeah, we go the Eastern Division. So 
So now, you know, we 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 joke. They could put Dallas too. Uh, possibly, but I think that, but but yeah. I think logistically, uh, culturally, um, why wouldn't you like to see a St. Louis Chicago rivalry to to roll on the back of Cards Cubs, etc.? Because Kansas City is not a rival. Well, <laughs> so. and it, it would be more like the MLB, where Kansas City St. Louis has a a rivalry, but it's inner conference as opposed to yeah and you know let it be a once a year i-70 series and right and they right and they bring the have it on the schedule and they bring the napkins for our barbecue (laughs) 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 all right oh yes uh last topic real quick before we take a break and welcome in our guest uh champions league zach did you watch it today i did we had uh we had the two powerhouses, Real Madrid facing off against work? Man City. I, I mean, you guys are watching soccer during the daytime? Listen to me. Hey, it's your... F- look, we, we all choose the lives, lives that we I, live. I, you heard reference to this yesterday. I was sitting on my recliner with my laptop doing work with a heating pad on my back. And yes, on my TV, I had Champions League on mute. And it I, was... I mean, let me ask you a question, Mr. I have island oasis in my backyard and a green egg and all these other things are you telling me you can't take a laptop and your cell phone and talk to your dispatchers and clients from your backyard no i would love to but you, the guy yeah. that signs the check says you need to be present really because he just yeah. he wants to get your autograph you can't have like a window podcast in your on your monitor that has the game yeah oh, we, we have a tv in the office i can maybe turn it on there but I, but wouldn't you be one of the only guys watching yeah I, yeah. I work in Franklin because the, re- know, because so. the rest of them are you, watching you work ESPN where I grew up. 8 Cornhole League. <laughs> <laughs> Tractor pulling. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, here's what we do. We're going we're gonna to take a quick break. We're going to roll what, out. What, what happened? Who, who won the Champions League game? Well, it, it oh, actually went yeah, in, so in a 1-1 one, just... one draw because it's a uh, two legs. So <clears throat> at Real. Yeah, at Real <clears throat> today. Versus Man City. And then next week they play in... Eddie Manchester. Vin, Vinny Jr. scored early one, and De Bruyne, arguably the world's best midfielder. Yep. And uh, ironically, both goals for City. They, they look extremely similar. Yeah. Both about twenty yards out, both running to their right, yep. crossing back over, and and having a, a shot beat the goalie on the left side. Both of them. So you're saying a game started uh, in the zero minute and finished sometime in the ninetieth minute. And the dude with the ponytail didn't score? No. <laughs> yeah, that's the amazing not. thing. That's yeah. weird. Yeah, they shut him out. He actually did not have uh, – Real knew how to play him, and they pretty much cut him out. In fact, I don't even think he had a – he might have had one shot on goal. Well, that's a little bit of a kiss of death, though, because they didn't shut him down. Or, they, excuse me, they did shut him down, but they did not get the points. Correct. So he's – as much as they figured him out today, he will have them figured out next week. And at home, and City did their job. They collected points home. on the road. So yeah, City's got to be the favorite moving okay. forward. Yep. Okay. So here we go. We're we're gonna roll out uh, to a sultry new commercial of ours. Uh, take a listen. Book book your getaway, and we will be back after this with our guest. The term weird. staycation was really invented by soccer moms. Located one hour and seven minutes from the arch. The Music Box Chalet at Innsbruck is a hidden gem. Buried in three acres of private woods, the Music Box has a master suite for just you, a loft and second bath for them, and a vinyl collection to meet your every mood. The full-size kitchen will easily accommodate three to 12 bottles of rosé, 
while the huge fire pit seating area will keep the big kids busy. Golf, fishing, kayaking, pickleball, or simply reading a book with Mother Nature, all at your fingertips. Visit either VRBO or Airbnb to find the Music Box Chalet. And now, back to those guys. All right, all right. We're back, people. Jared, you good? Got your refill? I did. I'm excellent. Zach, what you drinking today? I'm going with the Keller Pills this afternoon. Down here, where are we again? Let's let's give them well the pop. Well spent on Olive. Well spent on Olive. Walking distance from the stadium. Walking. Little beer garden. Plenty of meter parking that's free on the weekends. So if you're that's correct game heading to the game, walk down this way. And twenty percent off if you wear city gear on game days. Doesn't matter what the gear is either. It can nope. be a pin. It can be a lapel pin, yep. and that will get you twenty percent off. I think and we're negotiating Maryville gear, too. If you wear Maryville gear, you might get 25% off. <laughs> we'll round it up. We'll round it up to an odd number. Great segue there, Jared. You're getting good on this mic thing, man. Okay. Uh, got a little Tom Petty, American Girl, rolling in here uh, from the break in honor of our one of our guests, of one of the two here. Um, Again, if you're in your car and you're reading the screen, you already know who we're talking to, but we're going to go ahead and name drop here. We've got from Maryville University, St. Louis's own, Lori Chlupney and Eric Delabar. How are you guys doing today? Doing well. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Yeah. you. Uh, excited to be here. I, I'm excited that you're here, too, because whenever Jared ran into me, after he had ran into you across the street prior to the game, knowing what Jared was doing all day long, I'm like, <laughs> oh, shit, this is not going to be a good story. Uh, but ironically, here you are. So um, thanks for coming down and joining us. Um, have, you, have you been to Wellspent before? Let's, let's get into the important stuff. Have you ever been down here? No, to I, the I was just looking around myself. It's, uh, it looks really nice. We're going we're gonna to have to make it down here on a... Uh, coaching journey maybe yeah. first, uh, first timers first time do you like tamales sure oh yeah oh yeah money they tamale got money. Man. Here. tamales here yeah they yeah. do they, they, okay. tamale man makes them pre you know pre-mix them and then they have them in the crock pot they have a black bean and a pork wow and little uh, salsa verde oh yeah stop uh, it stop it no i know i know <laughs> i never had the black bean it's actually better i like it better than the pork you would get the black. Uh, you're right. I would. <laughs> yeah, but you are way more of a carnivore. Mm-hmm. I just go straight meat. Yeah, not, not a herbivore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Now that we've Without completely wasted ado. your first uh, two minutes on our illustrious show here, uh, re- thanks again for coming out to join us. Um, the two of you work together, obviously, at Maryville. Uh, let's just start there. Uh, and let's go with the assistant coach first. Uh, you, because you've got tenure. Uh, you've been at uh, Maryville for, for a minute. Uh, just give everybody listening just a quick 101 uh, of, you know, when you arrived at Maryville, the program, and, you know, let's walk into whenever Lori knocked on the door and said, hey, I can do this too. Let's, let's work together. Let me in. Let, let, <laughs> let, 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 oh, it, 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 was, it was a welcome let me in, let me tell you. So, <laughs> so I started in 1999. Um, I was doing camps for John Renaud, who was the men's coach, and Lonnie Folks, who was the women's coach. I was kind of their camp director. And Lonnie uh, took a job up in Robert Stockton College up in New Jersey. And he said, hey, you, you, you want to coach women's college soccer? 
and I was at Fort Zumwalt North. I started teaching and coaching there in 1988. So I started thinking about it. I said, hmm, women's Kai said, that sounds kind of interesting. I said, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I think I might like to try that. So I took the job, the women's job in 99, okay? And uh, we, we had a very, very successful year. He left me a tremendous team, and uh, we made it to the first on the NCAA playoffs in Division Three. We were in the old SLIA Conference, St. Louis okay. Collegiate Athletic Conference. It was Division Three, and uh, we, we had a very good year. And uh, next couple of years, uh, the men kind of struck. Kevin Hundelt was a coach, and he was playing and coaching with the old ambush at the time. Mm -hmm. And he, he was there for a couple of years, and it really didn't work out very well. So in 2002, they said, uh, the AD, Dave Pierce, said, hey, you want to coach the men and the women? I said, oh, sure, I can do that. <laughs> well, I can do that, but it was that's, that's being a full-time teacher as well. All right, so I was a part-time head men's coach, part-time head women's coach, uh, but it was Division three, so it was a lot less recruiting, okay? Uh, no scholarships, no athletic scholarships. So in uh, 2008, uh, we decided, our athletic uh, department, our athletic director, Tony Duckworth, decided that we're going to, we're going to try to uh, step up and maybe uh, maybe go Division Two. Uh, there were just some things going on in the SLIAC that that we didn't think uh, were very beneficial to our athletics program. Mm -hmm. So uh, so we uh, applied to the GLBC and went to uh, Division Two. Okay, and uh, what they did is they split the men's and the women's program. But they said you started with the women, so we'd like you to stay with the women. And they hired a uh, uh, a men's coach, and uh, it was Todd Wallace. He was there for a couple of years, and then they. Uh, uh, I think in uh, 2011, 2012, they hired David Corn. He's been there, so he's the men's coach, uh, and I was a women's coach. So um, I had an assistant coach at that time, right, who was a goalkeeper on the men's team. Uh, his name was Joel Urshnowski, right? He was a great guy. He was a very, just a soccer mind, and, and he was a physical therapist. So he kind of set his own schedule. So him and I... We coached the girls, we coached the yep. guys. In 2000, July of 2013, he was uh, diagnosed with stomach cancer. Okay. Yeah, I know. Shit. Uh, so um, our athletic director, Marcus Manning, at the time said, hey, what can I do for you? And we, Joel and I said, hey, we, we need another assistant coach. We don't know what's going to happen. You never know what this thing. We need to hire the best female we can find. All right. So. Oh, wow. Called Lori. I said, hey, she was helping uh, Jim Conlon at Wash U at the time, just volunteering there. I said, hey, you want to you wanna come help Joel and I out? I told her the situation, and uh, she goes, yeah, I think I might like to try that. I had known Lori for a long time when she was uh, – my wife and I ran Concord Soccer Club for many years, and uh, Lori was playing there, and I got to know her and her family, and uh, um, it was just kind of one of those things where, where I, I had followed her career, but I said, I am going to – she was she's number absolute number one on the list and and so she came on in 2013 all right the fall of 2013 she was still playing for the star still playing for the nest she goes well i don't know if i can make it i said we don't care what you can make we don't care what <laughs> yeah. you can make. we just we just need your name <laughs> on the head on the letterhead well i mean <laughs> to to get somebody with the experience that she had and yeah she's still playing but what she brought to the table was just a tremendous amount of just a wealth of knowledge and joel yeah. and i appreciated that well as we go on uh in june of 14 joel passed away all right i'm sorry april of 14 all right so he was gone Lori played another year won the world cup in 2015. i uh, just won the world cup ah you know when she said well i'm not gonna make it ever i'm like oh, that's I, I think that'll be all right but you know it was interesting at that time uh playing in the nwsl it was really only a six-month league yeah. Um, and so we had summers, uh, uh, falls off. 
So it worked out perfectly. I could go all summer long, Chicago, play, and then I'd come home basically right at the start of our right. season in August, and I was here the entire fall season, and then I'd head off again. And so it was a good uh, – it actually was, was a good foot in the door um, to start start to get the coaching. Yeah, so so, when, so as, as time went on, you know, the old man started thinking, hey, we got a good thing going here. So we, we talked to the AD, and we said, hey, well, why, don't, why don't you and I flip-flop? Why don't we just flip-flop? And, and so in 2018, January 1st of 2018, Lori became the head coach, and I went over to the assistant coach's role. And, and it's, I think it's a very, very good working relationship. I think we, we, Lori does her thing, I do my thing, and I think it's just it's worked out really well. And, and where the program was and where it's gone and where it's going to go, I, th- I think is a, is a tribute to, to her, to our, uh, you know, the, the, our styles and, 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 and where we're at as, as coaches. So. so so whenever he reached out and you guys made the initial introduction and you came on and, you, you, you know, in your off season, you're working with the team. Um, was there a moment, was there a point, and can you describe it if, if you realize that it did happen, that you were like, you know, I, I like coaching, I want to be a coach, or was it more of, I have a lot of free time, I love the game, I want to help, you know, and here's an easy fit. Yeah, you know, I think, um, I, I can't say that I did this on purpose, uh, I, but at the time, I think, you know, we, we had a lot of downtime during our seasons. We had six months off. I started kind of taking a pathway toward coaching uh, way before I started at Maryville. So, uh, you know, working with youth clubs in the area with Scott Gallagher and some other youth clubs um, and then I uh, like got my coaching license just because I was just because I was bored and I was like, well, I really I love soccer and I have a passion for it. And so this is something to fill my free time. Um, but, yeah, as I went on, uh, kind of gained more and more of a passion for the game. Once I hit the college ranks, I th- that's where I was like, all right, this is this is fun. Like club is fun. It's fun to develop youth soccer players. But there's something about. Uh, just the the relationships and the mentoring aspect that you get to have as a collegiate head coach or a collegiate assistant coach that's it just feels really meaningful uh, more than just being a soccer coach and where did you develop your coaching style you know I think uh, (laughs) yeah coaching it's you steal a little bit from here and there it's um, you know it's a lifetime of learning uh, I can I can see in my own coaching style that I've stolen a little bit from Anson Dorrance at North Carolina I've stolen a little bit from some of the coaches I've had on the national team and but I think it kind of all melds together into a unique coaching style of, of my own so my question is then in those early in those early years because clearly you're at your prime you're playing uh, you know in, in the league you're playing with the national team and then you're coming back and you're and your assistant coaching for you, Eric, uh, had to be a player, uh, a player coach moment where she's actually in the drills and working. How, how influential was it with her on the field? I'm assuming you had your boots on kicking with the girls. What did, what was the reaction of the girls when they actually got to play with coach who, oh, by the way, is, you know, in the world cup this summer? I suck. <laughs> like, oh my God, I need to be better. That's what a lot of them are still saying. But no, it was it, it was good. It was fun. It, I think it was a really enlightening experience for the girls because they they saw, hey, look 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 what we have here. Look look, look at this role model. Look look what we can aspire to be. And uh, 
you know, I, I just think it gave some of our better players a mode to kind of get better. And some of the players who weren't as good just say, hey, this is it's, it's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. And, and when Lori came in, you know, the more she was around, she took over the training sessions and, and, and just she, she, her, her, her lesson plans and her training methods are, are unbelievable, right? Um, the things that she does for preparation for the girls. But then when she plays, and she still plays, right? She's, she's training right now. She's going to, uh, you want to tell them where you're going? Oh, oh we're, are we gonna break it? Yeah, I don't. For, I don't know. I've what got I'm doing. rolling drum sound effects. If we, if yeah, you need. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Uh, yeah, I, I am in training. Um, I don't know what I'm doing, uh, but I, I'm playing in this tournament in North Carolina in the beginning of June called TST. So I, I don't know if, if you've heard, but like, so it's a it's a charity event, the million dollar prize for the, the winning team. Oh, Seven, wow. Seventy-seven. Wait a second. So are they doing a women's and a men's it, game? It, it, oh no, it's all it's all. Well, we're the only women's team. Uh, so oh, it's you're like, in it too. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's like Wrexham and and like. Uh, Bayern is Stoke in City, and, and Dortmund. Sto- yeah. Hopefully. And then uh, IU. Is it because yes. Louis Softner? Yes. St. A, Louis. a bunch of alum, IU alum. Yeah. Are in it. Yeah. Who's and then, on and your then team? Us. And I'm like, well, I'll t- let me start off by saying who's coaching our team, and that's Mia Hamm. Wow. Uh, Heard Mich- of her? Michelle Akers, <laughs> wow. Carla Overbeck. Uh, yeah. Um, now, they were all invited to play. Nobody has knees and ankles left. So that uh, so they had to go to, to a little bit of the younger crowds. I, I'm going to throw – I'm throwing myself in the younger crowd. Um, but, yeah, so uh, Heather O'Reilly is kind of leading the, the crew. I think um, Christine Lilly's going to gonna lace wow. them up and wow. play. But, yeah, here we are, a bunch of, you know, old, retired – women and we're going to be playing against these EPL teams so yeah it'll be interesting right that's that's awesome yeah so speaking of Heather O'Reilly did you choose Maryville strategically for their orthopedic program (laughs) and their hand therapy (laughs) (laughs) because didn't you break your hand on I did Heather O'Reilly several years ago (laughs) I broke my hand on Heather O'Reilly's abs yeah abs of steel that girl yeah wow that's insane yep so, so let me let me ask you this. I'm gonna I'm gonna get back into a little bit more of the Maryville years, the early years, uh, as you're playing and you're coaching. Uh, na- name drop a player because you know all kids when they train with a coach that c- still can. Like our boys over at City Academy right now, and their coach is Anthony Wallace. He's pretty good, still good. And anytime one of them gets past him, it, it makes their year. Back in the in the training days. Which of your players, students, right, was just a ringer that you like that that you loved playing against? That was a tough, good oh, player. Man, that's a tough one. Um, uh, there's been a lot. I mean, there, it's um, I I don't know. I, I don't know that I could say one or two players that stand out. I I think like you see different things as a player versus standing on the sidelines as a coach. Sure, um, absolutely. And by the way, I have a different coaching voice when I'm standing on the sidelines <laughs> uh, versus being on the field. I kind of turn in, I, I lose my coaching voice, so to speak. I turn into a player, and that, that's uh, a little frightening, I think, for some of the players. But, 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 but the players need to hear that, and they need to see that, and they need to. The intensity. The, 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 the role model that, that is, I, I still play. I still play with these guys. We had a five-on-five tournament at the end of spring, and I wasn't going to play. Lori doesn't like me to play, all right? <laughs> She's just, I, you know, well, man, she, I'm she, looking she, at your she, knees, she, she, and it she, looks she like goes, an I'll, outtake from Rambo. I'll play goal. Two well, new knees. She comes down, she goes, <laughs> new shoulder. And... You, you have to play. You have to play. I'm, I'm sorry. You have to play. 
and when I play, I play pretty well. But well, I mean, he I can't mean, not go. He he plays hard. He's a competitor. If, it, yeah. if it's me or you, I feel sorry for you. That's just the way it is. Well, that's a good and, segue. And, it, well, and, and, and that's just that's just the way it is. But but I think I think if when the girls see me play and me talk and me command my box and me demand things from them, she's the same way. Yeah. And they have to see that because that's an important part of the game. Yeah. And when absolutely. they see that. They're thinking, oh, this is okay. It is okay. We'll, so we'll circle back to um, Lori and and Zach's got a whole list of stuff to, for Lori to share with our listeners. Um, perfect segue. <laughs> you playing, um, started your career, you know, youth career Cudis. Then you went to Desmet. Then you went to Quincy. You guys won three national championships when you were there. And in that '70s decade, I think Quincy won eight national championships. It was in the final in that ninth one. So nine out of ten years, you guys were in the national championship. Speak about those early years, and then now you playing with your girls five on five. I mean, you, you're a pretty good voice too. So you, I mean, you've lived it. You, you've yeah. walked the walk. You can talk the talk. I, I tell people all the time. I played on some good teams. I played with some good players, and 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 I did. I mean, I started. I, I first started out playing for the old. Um, it, it was different growing up because you played where you lived. You know, like we right. talked earlier right. about the Florissant Celtics. Absolutely. Well, I was in the Florissant Celtics district, if you will, but Lenny Totus was their goalie, so I got a release from them, and I played for the Florissant Cougars for Ed Kirsting. <laughs> so Ed was my first coach. It was an old guy who kind of taught me how to play goal, an old-timer, Mike Houlihan, and he showed me how to play goal. And I didn't, I didn't have any goalie training, and uh, we, had some, we had some pretty good teams. I had Steve Petra as my center back. I had Richie Wardak as my wing back. Wow. So we had some good teams at the youth level. And then uh, I, went, I went to DeSmet, and at DeSmet, we were not very good. I played football, soccer, and baseball. My decision in high school was, do I play? Because we played soccer in the winter. Yep. So my decision was, do I play basketball for Rich Grauer, or do I play soccer for Greg Vitello? And uh, we had six kids in our family, and my, uh, my mom and dad said, we're going to pay for your high school, but you got to pay for your college. So I thought basketball soccer probably soccer maybe is a better a better option for me so um here comes jack calling and 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 we we weren't very good we weren't very good at the smet so as a goalkeeper you're not very good you need a lot of shots Mm -hmm. so uh and 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 honestly (laughs) i think uh, getemeyer referenced that on our episode because he he referenced that he got drilled through high school and it made him better oh it's unbelievable i mean it's unbelievable what it does you're making saves you're going my god that that felt really good, all right? I think I'd like to do that again. <laughs> we no. lost 5 nothing. It could have been 14. Yeah. 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 Well, it's all about the percentage. <laughs> so so I, uh, I I didn't know what I was going to do my senior year. And uh, Lenny Todebush from McClure North, Al's state championship, he committed to Quincy. Well, he decided to go to SIU with his friends, and Mackenzie called me up, and it was like April, and said, hey, do you want to go to Quincy? I got a scholarship, Lenny. And I said, let me ask my mom and dad. <laughs> and I, was, I, I had no, I had no idea. Yeah. I was a high school kid who was a, who was a, a good athlete. I played all these sports. I, I, I didn't know. I, I just didn't know. And uh, and they said, oh yeah. He goes, oh by the way, we're going to Holland for three weeks. Would you like to go with us? I'm oh. like, oh yeah. Let me ask my mom and dad again. All right. <laughs> so I ended up going to Quincy, and and we had some really good teams. I mean, my uh, I had never won anything in soccer. Came close. The, the Celtics always beat us. Right. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, my freshman year, we were, we were the number one team in the country because back then wow. it was all ranked together. Division uh, one, Division two, II, Division three, NAI was all ranked together. Yep. We were the number one team in the country for three weeks. Uh, we ended up number three in the country, and we uh, we were 19-1-1. One one. Wow. So it was uh, 
Uh, what year was that? Yeah, it, 1975. And that's when it took six hours probably to drive to Quincy up 61 from 70 and 40. It was, <laughs> it was a, a long lane. time. It was a, but our parents, our parents never missed a game. They that's never, awesome. They even broadcast the games on WGEM, and our parents would drive to Hannibal and sit up in the Riverside Park and listen to the game. Holy shit, that's awesome. Wow. Oh, yeah, it was, so 19-1-1, and one, because all of us are competitors, who was the loss? Um, it was it was unbelievable. We uh, we came down to St. Louis and played SLU and tie, played them in a, in front of about eight thousand people at Bush Stadium. Heard of them? And, They're pretty uh, good. Yeah, we tied one. We were beating them one nothing. They scored with about twenty minutes left. All right, and uh, tied one one. Heard they nutmeg the goalie. Uh, they did not nutmeg the goalie. I guarantee, <laughs> right, I guarantee you that. <laughs> My four years, they did not nutmeg me. Right? <laughs> um, but we. Uh, that next Wednesday, that was a Saturday night or Friday night. We went the next Wednesday. We went to Western Illinois, and they beat us three nothing. And it was like, oh my God, really? I mean, that I, had I, to be I, like your your rival. Your yeah, that's it, your local rival. rival. And and we played we played a Division One schedule. We we played we played Western Illinois. We played uh, God. We played Sioux. We played SIU. We played we played. And my four years at, at Quincy, we, it was unbelievable. We played UCLA. We played Indiana. We played. Hartwick, we played Clemson, we played South Florida, we played yeah. North Texas, we played wow. SMU. Always yeah. played, always played SIU. Divisions didn't matter. No, it didn't matter because nope. we, we Jack, Jack McKenzie was a coach who, if you wanted to be the best, you had to play the best. And 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 my four years, I mean, I, I t- my record was 75-10. Not my record, our record was 75-10 and 10. That's not bad for four years. Oh my that, gosh, that's not anybody bad. would kill for that record. And and, and the year we lost, so oh, I. I that was my freshman year. We beat Simon Frazier from uh, Vancouver, British Columbia. We beat them one nothing with 30 seconds left. Frank Fincegar crossed the ball. Emilio John hit it one time out of the air on a corner kick. Nice. And with 30 seconds left, and the next year we played them again, and uh, they beat us two to one at 14 overtimes. It was the longest amateur 14 soccer. 14 overtimes? It was at the, in the Rose Bowl. It was in Pasadena, and it was the uh, longest amateur soccer game. They they even made an announcement at. Uh, at five to one, the game started at eight o'clock. At five to one, they made an announcement. They said, uh, uh, because of Pasadena City Ordinance, the lights are going to go off if we don't finish the game. Right? We're going to have to come back tomorrow and, and finish. Oh my! And people were throwing guy, up and dying. The guy crossed the yeah. The guy crossed the ball. I came out and I punched. I hit his head. The ball spun off his head, went in the goal, and that was it. And then the next, we had to play the third place game, and that game went in overtime. We beat Davis and Elkins, Freddie Schmaltz's team, beat them two to one. So, no PKs uh, back Schmaltz. then. No PKs. No PKs. Legend, legend at Evansville. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, I mean, I, I'm still doing the math. That's a lot of wins in four years yeah. against quality teams. Um, Lori, you're obviously your background. Let's let's start locally. Um, JB Marine. How important was that club to you? Just just from the early days, you know, growing up here, because obviously we all know St. Louis is the soccer capital. It is not. <laughs> That's right. Anybody else, especially yes. Kansas City. Yeah. Uh, talk about JB Marine and your experience there, and what that club meant to you as a youth player. And yeah. Vader. And Vader. Vader. Yeah. I. Um, boy, I mean, I was so lucky. Uh, I I grew up. I had such great coaches uh, from from a youth level. Uh, John Kittner was my coach with JB Marine, stressed fundamentals. Uh, you know, that was, we started every practice with just corvers and one touch and two touch. And, uh, you know, it just, it set me up for success. Uh, we, and, and we were pretty successful, but I think, uh, he had the mentality of developing players versus just winning games when you're 10 years old, you know? Um, so that, I, I was I was really fortunate. I went from him uh, to Vader. Uh, so my high school years, I was coached by uh, 
by Vader. So again, you know, it just these are legendary coaches and absolutely shaped my career and 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 focused on on the right things, you know, on the fundamentals and playing the game the right way. Wow. So then you uh, you you fly the coop. You head out. You go to the ACC. Uh, North Carolina North North Carolina comes knocking. Talk about that introduction. Talk about heading out to you know to play college ball. Uh, you know what was the what was the differences for for you going to the East Coast in that division, uh, the teams you were playing and the level of your game. What was that experience like uh, coming out of high school? And Eric's seventy five ten and ten. Did you guys lose at North Carolina when you were there? What was your four year <laughs> record, Eric? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean. I, he's gonna rub it in, rub it in. But I mean, I only have one national championship, so. <laughs> but yeah. you didn't lose no, that year, I don't think. Nobody's, did you? No. nobody's keeping track, but um, uh, yeah, I'm pretty are. sure he's keeping track. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. yeah, no, it was awesome. I mean, uh, I I grew up watching North Carolina. Well, there was one women's soccer game that was broadcast on television when I was growing up, and it was the national championship. Uh, and so every year, my dad and I would watch the NCAA Women's National Championship. And it just so happened that North Carolina was in that a lot. Uh, and so that was the team, you know, that was always my team. You know, that was the, the, the team that I got to watch growing up. So I had all the gear. I had all the Carolina blue gear and the hat and the T-shirt. And I was always going to be a Tar Heel, you know. Um, and then, like, when you get the call, it's like, whoa, <laughs> is this really happening? Um so, it, I mean, it was a dream to, to play at North Carolina, to play for Anson, and just to, to be a part of that, the, the legendary uh, uh, North Carolina Tar Heels, you know. Uh, it was t t Talk about that call. I mean, talk about, like, you know, how did they reach out? Where were you? Because, and the reason I bring it up, because part of this show is really about the relationship between parents and their kids and the game, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And if you guys recall, when we had uh, Jeff Sargent on, Josh's dad, you know, one of the best, one of my favorite parts of that episode was him talking about the call from Burhalter to Josh to go to the World Cup. And they talked about that experience as a, you know, father to son because mom, mom didn't pick up the FaceTime call. You know, she missed mm -hmm. out on that one. What was it like for you knowing that you and your dad, that was your thing to watch, you know, the Tar Heels growing up and that, that was the dream. And, and all of a sudden, is it a phone call that the dream comes through? What, what was that like? Um... Goodness, I don't remember. I mean, it, you know, just the recruiting process is crazy. Um, so I, I remember, you know, back in that, it wasn't even a phone. You get, you got letters. You know, I have a, a folder of letters from coaches, and uh, so yeah, I remember, you know, those those early letters and kind of getting the handwritten note from Anson. It was like, oh my gosh. Um, but you know, I was I was on the youth national teams at that time, so there were a lot of D1 coaches around. I almost went to Virginia. Uh, I had it set in my mind, well, maybe I'll be the team that beats North Carolina. And then I talked to Anson, and I'm like, no, 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 I just want to be North Carolina. <laughs> I just want to be. Um, but yeah, it was meaningful. I mean, you know, my parents came out, and, and we did an official visit and and uh, got to show them around campus and everything. And and I actually made. The call to Anson to commit on my dad's birthday. Um, oh, holy moly. Now, did you, do, you did that on purpose. It was a good birthday present. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it, there's these decisions are not made in a vacuum. This is uh, these are these are decisions. These are things that, um, you know, you don't do alone. You do it with with the community that's around you. It's and your parents are a huge part of that. So, yeah, yeah it was wanna, definitely <clears throat> meaningful. I want to call that out because, Eric, you mentioned when Quincy called. 
Uh, let me let me talk to my parents. <laughs> yeah. Lori, you chose to commit on your dad's birthday, and so Eric, you said your parents would drive to Hannibal to listen just to listen to the game. Uh, Lori, I'm assuming your parents made the trip to Chapel Hill quite a few times, a couple yes. times. <laughs> yes. um, so talk a little bit about that experience with your parents growing up as a competitive athlete. And I know Lori, you had some different opportunities, and maybe Eric, you did because you had you know the U.S. national team other things going on, but talk about how your parents handled you as an athlete and maybe compared to siblings or other things that were going on. Um, well, I, I think, um, that's, it's, that's, that's a loaded question. I think, I mean, I think I, I had the best of both worlds. I had, I mean, my dad pushed me. Um, he, he was on me. He, you know, he, 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 he pushed me at times. You got to get out. You got to do your running. You got to, you know, you, you got to get in the backyard. Let's go get some touches. He would take me to the park and uh, we would play together um, until the one day he came home from the park and said, all right, that's it. I'm not playing you anymore because you're beating me every time. <laughs> um, but I, mean, 11. Yeah, I was going to say you were seven <laughs> yeah, years old. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. But he, he never played soccer. He, he, he researched. He watched videos because that was what I was into. And that was my passion, and so he became passionate about it and learned about it so that he could be a part of that journey with me. And then I've got my mom who was just like, let me braid your hair, and you look beautiful, and you're so cute, and great game. You know, so I kind of had the best of both worlds where, um, you know, it wasn't all about soccer, and that wasn't the only thing that made me successful in life. Um, uh, but my parents did, they, they pushed. Lori's dad now is the one person she can't wait to talk to after a game, and I can't either, because he will tell it like it is. Yeah. If we played well, he's, oh my God, this, this number 17, she was really good today. And why, why did you guys switch formations at half? What, 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 what happened? He or gets what, it. We play, he, 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 he does understand, and it's awesome. It's he's awesome seen a game or two, and it's yeah, like. Yeah, but, but I mean, it's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome kind of to watch his development yeah. as well, yeah. you know. Because it's it's just been fun. I mean, that's what we we look forward to. You know? yeah. Well, and Laura, you, I can see the 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 consternation a little bit talking about that, like the push pull yeah. from the parents. And honestly, we started the show to talk about just it, that. It was, it was way cheaper for us to buy microphones than pay for therapy. For therapy, <laughs> because so. we all have have experienced certain elements of that, being parents ourselves and 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 being athletes. And so I, I appreciate that candor because. There is a little bit of that. And I was going to ask you kind of a follow-up, and, and this is for both of you. So, Laura, you've won multiple championships and multiple platforms. So college, World Cup, Olympics, others as well. And so you have risen to that kind of the pinnacle of women's soccer. Eric, you've played at extremely high levels and coached at extremely high levels. And now you're developing these players that are coming to you at college level. Now, Eric, you had some high school as well. Are you able to kind of identify aspects of your own careers that you can see within your players? Or do you see kind of canvases that you can kind of create and mold them into your side of the career? I, I, th I think we can see opportunities where we can um, teach, we, you know, we can help them grow and help them develop. But a lot, a lot of it we, we put back on them. You know, a lot of it is up to them, you know. And, and as far as, you know, growing up and, and what I learned, I mean, for me, for my mom and dad, there were six kids in our family. And, and, and there were four boys and two girls. And we all did. We, we did. It was just a different time growing up. I yeah. mean, back in the uh, late 60s, early 70s, I mean, we all walked to school. We all 
walked a mile up to Dunningham Park and, and, and all played. And, and, you know, it was it was just different. Now it's, I mean, with social media and with, with all the platforms that are out there, it's just it's just a different it's a different world. You know, the, the recruiting's a different world. The, the, the coaching's a different world. The club system is a different world. It's just it's it's, it's different. And I, and, I, and I think it's I think there's some good to that. But I also think that it takes a lot away from kind of the experiences I had and Lori had when she was younger when, you know, it was, it was just a different time. And, I, and yeah, uh, Lori, I have a question specifically for you along the lines of um, uh, managing the, the player expectation on previous episodes, we've talked to other uh, trainers, developers, uh, Ken Godad in particular was one. Um, and, and we have a question we've asked them, you know, when you are surrounded by kids and then you get into the talented kids or the accelerated kids, you know, how do you recognize and or define what it is? And at your level, what do you look for? And not not from a standpoint of that is the it player, you know, superstar, but what are you looking for in players that is that it factor that you know is coachable, fits the system, or that you just want to be around on your team? Um, yeah, uh, First thing that came to mind is competitive drive. Um, I think it, if you you can just see it in some kids' eyes that they have that desire uh, to become the best that they can be. Uh, and I feel like no matter what level they're playing at at the current moment, you, you know that there's potential. Um, the other thing I think is, uh, is like integrity, I guess, is the word I'm looking for, is that um, you, they hold themselves to a high standard all the time. So when we're doing, if we're doing running fitness, they're going to the line every time. If the, you feel like if they're in the weight room and nobody's around, they're, they're not skipping a rep. Um, you know, that they are doing it because there's an inner passion and an inner um, pride that they have when it comes to the way they carry themselves. I think those, that's like... Those are the players I want to be around, I want to invest in, and I want to support uh, no matter where they're at in their journey. Eric, what about you? Like if you were to, you know, you, you got a four-story building, you're in the elevator, and you got to find it on the way up. What's it in a player for you, given your experience? I, I think we've talked about it the last uh, the last few seasons, uh, Lori and I have, and I, I, I do think it's that um, it, it – I, th- I think it's a few things, you know. We we, 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 we we tested our players this year, and 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 Lori came up with these three pillars, right? And and I, I like the idea of the pillars, and the pillars are the physical pillar, you know. Are, are are you big? Are you fast? Are you strong? And if you're not, you can probably work on that. But if you don't have that Usain Bolt twitch, that's your mom and dad's fault. That's not your fault. There's nothing you can do about it. Right. But you can work on those things. Your footwork. You know. There's the technical pillar. That, that's all you. That's all you. You know, and then and then and then there's the competitive one that Lori mentioned. I think that that is that is maybe the most important. That, that that's what we're looking for. You can't and teach it. You you can't teach it. You and, can't and, and, flat and out teach it. Her and I sit Which in the office so all the time. Maddening. Because you, <laughs> you want. I mean, I feel like I I I spend a lot of time trying to teach. And it. the pride and part too. Have pride in what you do. It's, you know, Lori mentioned whether it's running. You know, if it's fitness, if it's if it's just a passing drill, if it's simple, but have pride in what you do, and and that's hard, and and you can't teach that. 
It's so funny because well said. because we've well said. like I it's stated maddening. We've, we've asked quite a few people that have had extreme experience around players that have ended up at the highest level. It's the same answer. You guys are basically giving the same answer. You're looking for uh, this this aggressiveness balanced with character, balanced with drive, because technical ability and to a degree soccer IQ can be taught over time. But you can't teach those intangibles. You know, whenever uh, whenever the player just wants to. And I, and I, I wonder if it's because uh, there's we don't play pickup as much. Like you're you're being coached all the time, um, and so you don't develop this inner drive to do it yourself. Like, you know, if we over the summer we've got players. Well, I'm working with this trainer, and I'm like, you don't. But you don't need a trainer. Yeah. All you need is a wall, right? Like. Or a road. <laughs> yeah, or you know. I mean, you want me to show you where run. I trained I growing up? Like, I didn't have. You don't need the nicest, beautiful stuff. You, you just go out, you put your headphones on, and you get to work. God, I just had a horrible childhood flashback. You're saying, you know, you don't need a trainer. You, you just need a wall. I, I think of my four-foot cyclone fence that was ended up looking like a C, you know, after summers and summers of just blasting it. I'll tell you how many slats my dad replaced on our, right? on our fence. Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, here we go. We, I'm... I'm we're going to take a quick break, if it's all right with you guys. Um, we are going to get some refills, uh, take a breather, and we're going to be right back with Lori and Eric. Thank you. Oh, yeah. See? Yes, sir. You're the best. Who's the best? Two of the best. Freddie Mercury. I thought you said you are the best. Uh, no. <laughs> nope. What is this? I'm trying to be an equal opportunity music player here today. For the listeners wondering what is going on, uh, Zach and Jared have I a little I just picture debate. the commercial with the lips. What? Have you seen the commercial what? on TV with just the lips? That's Freddie the Mercury? Rolling Stones. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Roll no, us in with the little queen. The, the Amazon commercial where the girl... I think it's this song. Uh, I don't know. I don't Maybe know. Anyway, if, you, if you're listening, uh, sorry for that nonsense, but please send us a message and tell us who you think is better, Queen or Fleetwood Mac, and settle the that. debate. I probably could have sang that on tune. I Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right. All right, let's get back on point before these two, like, ditch us. Um, so we kind of wrapped up the first part there, um, you know, talking about playing styles and, and in the break, uh, kid playing styles and what you're looking for. And in the break, we were talking about, uh, Lori, you were mentioning, like, you know, things that you see missing in kind of the youth development in spite of the fact that, I mean, the comp- when we define competitive level anymore, it goes way down compared to, you know, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years ago. Everybody's doing the same thing where you've got a minimum of three days a week of training, if not four or five uh, plus games. So there's a lot of structure that's occurring, you know, within these within all of the clubs, really. Uh, but talk a little bit about what you were saying you know, what you think is missing, you know, in, in that process, what players are not, you know, maybe focusing on that is the loosey-goosey. Talk about that. Yeah, you know, I, I just think we are, we're so structured now. And every time the kids go to the soccer field, they've got a coach there. 
And and that's that's great. You know, you've got somebody telling you, but but you've got somebody telling you what to do all the time. And I, I just think some of my best memories, and I think some of the part of the reason that I was able to find success is is playing pickup in the streets uh, where I grew up, and and um, you know, setting your own rules, setting your own field, um, you know, figuring out how to how to beat somebody that's bigger than you or somebody small without a coach telling you. Just just you know, I, I don't know. I, I just think we, uh, by having that structure, you kind of lose that, the ability to just figure things out on your own and, and, and uh, let the game be the teacher. You know, Eric, you were talking about it. You, you referenced it just in your own story, talking about being a multi-sport athlete. Uh, because these days, multi-sport athletes, whenever you're looking at players that are coming into your world as a potential recruit, um, for the most part, kids that are good enough to play a particular sport in college really ditched the second sport or even a third sport, definitely a third sport, years before you guys start to look at them. You know, do you see that as a uh, detriment, a benefit? You know, is there anything that the sport can do to maybe create more opportunities to play other sports? And what would be the value in your opinion? I, I think we... Uh <clears throat> Excuse me. I think we love our multi-sport athletes. There's, there's something about them. The, the, the things you learn from other sports. I mean, that translate into the game of soccer. You know, the footwork, the, the ability to take people on, whether that's basketball, whether it's lacrosse, whether it's, you know, I mean, I, I just think, I, I, again, we're going back to the competitive level of the individual. You know, it doesn't matter what sport it is. You know, are you competitive? Do you want to be the best? Do you want to work as hard as you can? You want to take pride in what you're doing. I, I think that's a big part of it. And, uh, you know, we've, we, we have a girl, honestly, at Maryville. She doesn't play soccer. She plays basketball. And she, she has come out to our soccer practices in the spring. She wants to play in the fall. She also runs track and cross country. And she, she got some points in the GLBC championship. And, she, and, and it's like, oh, her, her, her nickname's Moose. It's like, Moose, I just don't know if you can do it. But it's it's somebody like that who you That's you encouraging. Say, it, it's like, and, and you know. It, it, it's like Rudy. It, yeah, but, but it's refreshing <laughs> because you don't you don't see that. And and to see somebody like that who comes out, and she's helping the track team, and she's she was first-team all-conference in basketball. You know, people like that, they will be CEO somewhere. In no time. Are you the only dude in the world that doesn't like Rudy? Yeah, we're, who we are, are you? We're going to address that real quick. Rudy. Wow. Who, yeah, who nay, the you hell like Rudy? are you? Yeah. Of course. Who does, and you no. just you gave yeah, nope. us the, ugh, nope. when, when Rudy was referenced. Yeah, that completely I don't rude. even like you. Yeah. I mean, no. you don't like Rudy? No. No, I don't. I don't like it. And That's I'm sorry. the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> you know what I also Do don't like? Do you like puppies and ice cream? I love puppies and ice cream. <laughs> He I, likes them on the side of the road and melted. No, I, I'm, I'm, I won't go into the psychosis that's behind my dislike of Rudy. I just, I like that, you know, you were talking, Lori, about I don't need a trainer. I just need a wall or a fence or, or whatever to, to go out and practice. You think of the Pele story of him, you know, juggling mangoes or whatever. And Pulisic talks about how his parents had to call him in all the time from playing outside. That mentality is what drives the future success i think and that's what separates the top of the top from great players rudy wasn't great <laughs> he, <laughs> he sucked the only reason he got in was because of sympathy yes he worked hard okay well. great. <laughs> oh wait a second where's <laughs> telling you it's 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 a it's an american 
story of mediocrity being celebrated. Do you hate and Hoosiers? I don't like it. No, Hoosiers is great. They won the championship. Oh, jeez. Let's, let's talk just, about I'm something. Sorry. It's just let, my, let, let's, my theory. Let's talk like about it. something truly great because these two think we're nuts at this point. <laughs> uh, 106. Number means something to you, Lori? That would be yeah. cr- according to Wikipedia, but of course, I mean, you know. I think that sounds good. Yeah, sounds good. One hundred and six. That I mean, that's an insane number. You've got to be top five on in the women's program. I'm going to guess. If, oh. if you were to guess. No, no, no. There's uh, girls that are in the two hundreds, three hundred. Sure, but yeah. I think Michelle Akers is still playing. Look, it, it's yeah. a lo- <laughs> it's a lot. It's it, it, I'm I'm very proud of that number. Two thousand. I, I mean, but I'm probably in the maybe top twenty, top thirty. Of all time. Uh huh. That's a, that's still a pretty good number, okay. right? I'll, I'll take it. Hey, I'll take it. I'll take it. 2001 to 2015, 106 caps. Uh, you play. You've played literally in every corner of the globe. Uh, you've been on the biggest stage, uh, the two largest trophies imaginable. Um, you know, let's. What's the one? I'm going to ask you one game out of 106 games. What's the one that stands out to you? Yeah, I mean, we're deep hitters oh, here. Wow. Okay. Um, oh. Okay. Can I? I'm gonna give you two. I'm gonna give you two moments. Like not a game. I've got two. Like mo- the. Sc- I scored a goal in the semifinal of the Olympics 2008 oh. as a left back. Um, got for and uh, we were down. Who's right footed? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we were down to Japan. Uh, one nothing. Uh, that goal. My goal put us back ahead. I think two to one going into halftime. Uh, went on to win that game and then won the Olympic medal. So that was just feels like a, it was a big moment for me. Uh, it was pretty exciting. And then of course, you know, r- really, if I'm being really honest, my, my personal highlight of my career, the moment that stands out for me is scoring at Bush Stadium. Against New Zealand after your concussion comeback in front yeah, of your family. And, and it's because what we talked about earlier, that it's, it's, it's family, it's community, it's, um, you know, we, you have these great accomplishments, it doesn't mean anything if you don't have your family to share right. them with um, and, and the people who have been there. That was a moment that I got to share with my family. 36,000 fans at that game, which I believe at that time was a record. Yes, yes. 36,000 fans to see a St. Louis girl in St. Louis score a flipping goal against New Zealand. Did you do Let's it back go. Then? Did you try and Aussie it? <laughs> yeah, you're right. Was your mom and dad just I sobbing? I, I mean, I think I blacked out. I, yes, my yes, my parents were sobbing, apparently. Holy this, moly. Yeah, it was, uh, it, it, it's just, yeah, it brings it all back, you know, because it, it's about your parents, it's about your coaches, and they were all there. Um, That's it, my best soccer moment ever. Yeah. this is an osmosis table here so so let me ask one more question then uh just really about those years because obviously the names that you've played with are it's the pinnacle of the game um who's the one you know we were talking about the it earlier you're talking about your moment and now my question is like when you saw the roster you know, and you're going into what, whether it is a, sing, a singular friendly or a tournament, who is the name that you always were like, just gave you that warm, fuzzy, like, sweet, let's yeah. do this. Oh, my goodness. Um, boy, I think it changed, like, throughout the, the gener- you know, through the teams, throughout the generations that I was on the team. Um, I think, like, for a big part of my career, Abby Wambach was just, 
whether she was in form or not, she had a mentality and a and she was loud, um, so everybody knew what was on her mind. But she just it felt like she was going to will us to victory, whether she did it herself or was she was on the bench. She, like she was not going to lose. Um, so she just had a great uh, you know leadership aspect to her. Um, the other person I would say honestly is Hope Hope Solo um, in that like new uh, inductee yes, this last weekend yes, with your coach Jill. Yes. Um, you know, being a, a defender, I heard from her a lot. She yelled at me a lot. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you, you knew, like, she, she always had my back. Um, I felt like she, you know, she just, if I made a mistake, she was going to be there to cover for me. Can we go into then kind of your advocacy with the women's team and with the equal pay part? You've been very outspoken um, and kind of a beacon, at least in St. Louis, for saying, no, this is the right thing to do. And we need to do this for the sport, for equality, not just within soccer, but in general. And, you know, <clears throat> I've never shook hands with a World Cup winner before until <laughs> today. And so I'd love for our audience to hear from you just a little bit about the backstory behind that for you personally. Maybe not the whole uh, X's and O's X's and O's behind it, but just <clears throat> why you, Lori, decided to, to take that on as well, in addition to coaching at Maryville and playing in, in professional leagues and, and winning World Cups and, and Olympic medals and all that. Just why did that part of it stand mm -hmm. out to you to, to take that on? You know, it's uh, so, so this was a journey for me as well. Uh, you know, when I first played on the national team, uh, you know, you, you're, you're taught, you, you're just so grateful for everything. You're just right. so thankful for everything. We got to fly all over the world. We got this uniforms, we got all this training gear, we had coaches and massage therapists and you know you have all this stuff and you and you feel like well we shouldn't complain because we should just be thankful like and and for a large part of my career I felt that way like let's not rock the boat because look at all the stuff U.S. soccer is giving us like man we are so lucky and then you know towards the end of my career you start to kind of see like well you know the men's team is getting more than us and and again I'm like yeah but let's just be thankful uh, I think in a sense, like, I didn't even believe myself that we deserved equal treatment. You know, I think gr growing up in the United States and um, uh, being a woman and, you know, you just kind of want to go with the flow. You just kind of want to be thankful for, for the, the progress that you've made through the sport. Um, but it, it kind of clicked for me and realized, like, this is, this is not a fight for me. I'm going to retire. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't get anything from the equal pay lawsuit I, I, I'm not on the team anymore um, but it's it's for the next generations it's for the girls for my girls at Maryville that we deserve equal treatment to the men's soccer team at Maryville that um, you know because I think sometimes they don't believe that themselves um, simple things like that that I felt like we have to fight the fight so that the next generation of, of women feel that and talk about your kids I mean yes <laughs> It's not just your, your students at Maryville, mm -hmm. but you have two young kids as yes, well. Yes, uh, two young girls. Yes. yes. And I think what an, um, I'm just in, in, inspired. <laughs> and I have a daughter who's a senior in high school, and we went to Paris and watched the Women's World Cup in 2019. We were at your game yeah. uh, at Bush Stadium. And you are an advocate and you are a role model, not just at Maryville, but across the country. And so I just want to give you a little kudos for, for realizing that, no, we don't need to settle for just being thankful. Yeah. 
we deserve this. Yeah. And and it's I, okay to be thankful too. Sure. But also, but, but also, <laughs> yeah, like you can say thank you so much and also... Can we have more? <laughs> so now my, my, my follow-up to that <laughs> Indoors is... Indoors here. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> my follow-up to that is, when is the NWSL coming to St. Louis, and why would you be the coach? <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. I mean... With uh, Lindsay Eversmeyer. Yes. yes. <laughs> you and Lindsay. Like, I mean, Saint, there, there's already a Kansas City team. There's a Chicago team. Like, I, St. I agree. Louis, hello. This right. makes sense. Right. Um, yeah, you know, that, that was always the hang-up as they weren't going to put an NWSL team where there was not an ML. They, they would only put an NWSL teams in MLS markets. So, so how did Kansas City get a team? We <laughs> <laughs> Brittany Mahomes. Oh, All right. that, was, that was a good one. That was a good one. Uh, yeah, so we're, I mean, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. So, so that's a great transition because I want to talk to both of you about uh, <clears throat> our bright, shiny new toy down the block here. Um, you know, City SC, the ownership group, this, the, 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 you know, the rollout of the season, the quality of the team, and frankly, the impact that it's had on our backyard. Because all of us, you know, you, know, you two in particular, are the fabric of the soccer community in St. Louis because it's like an octopus. It goes everywhere. You know, and if it wasn't for what all of us have done over the years, you know, that realistically, the, the fervor doesn't occur. But now it's here, and we see what the uh, Carolyn Kendall and her family and Kavanaugh and Worldwide and everybody that's involved, you know, because you in particular, Lori, you've been all over the world. You've seen stadiums, probably more stadiums than most people have seen games, right? You know, when you look at that stadium and you look at this team, how does it make you guys feel being true St. Louisans that are part of the fabric of soccer? You know, what's, what's your takeaway here? Uh, 11 games, 10 and a half games in or whatever it is now. And did you cry? Because <laughs> um, I did. <laughs> excuse me. For, for me, being an old soccer junkie is very gratifying. I mean, they've done a tremendous job. And, and to, you know, I, I, I told you guys earlier, when, when we went down there watching women's national team, I, I walked around the stadium by myself. And I was just in awe. It was just, what, 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 what a great place. What a great venue. What a, I mean, they've done a tremendous job. Uh, just a tremendous job. And it's, it, 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 it's very gratifying, very thankful, very, uh, um, you know, just it, just where, where has it been? But thankful it's here finally. Yeah. What about you, Lori? Well, I went to my first game, uh, I guess it was against Portland maybe two weeks ago. And, uh, man, you know, the atmosphere in that stadium when, like, when we scored and everybody's chanting, S-T-L, like, it, it, it did, it did kind of, it, like, pulled at my heartstrings a little bit. I'm like, the is this, this is St. Louis. Like, this is my hometown. This is just unbelievable. I mean, it, it's still, like, sinking in, I think, because this isn't even just, like, a okay soccer town. Like, that was special. Like, that's <laughs> something you don't – you just don't – you don't feel – you don't get that feeling in very many stadiums. And um, They didn't I think, get that at the strip mall in KC when they scored their <laughs> no. third goal this year. Was that Missouri or Kansas side? Um, I think it's in Salina. Well, I and think there's they, like doubled, a, they doubled their, their – Point total this year uh, <laughs> against Seattle. They had, I think, they had three goals. Did they, anybody get emotional when they scored their third goal this no. year, or fourth goal, or however many they have in if twelve you, games? If you haven't noticed, we we are <laughs> huge fans of Sporting KC and mm -hmm. everything uh -huh. that they stand for. Uh -huh. um, we, we, actually, you know what? I'm going to keep going down this path. When all of the the shit talking commenced, and specifically the soccer capital of America, mm -hmm. you. <laughs> you 
wore the stars and stripes. You carried it around the world. You lifted the most important trophy. Being a 314 and you, you know, and you see that sign outside that stadium. She's a congresswoman in the soccer. How capital. does it, how does it make you feel? It's yeah, it's it's so proud. So, and I'll tell you what, you know, when I was on the national team, like everybody knew I was from St. Louis. Like I couldn't tell you where everybody else on the team was from, but <laughs> it, I was, did, it didn't I, matter though. No, no, I mean, no. Let's but be like, clear. <laughs> I was the St. Louis kid. Like I, everybody knew that I was from St. Louis. Everybody knew that I was a Cardinal fan. Everybody knew, like, you know, there was something. <clears throat> there's just something different and about this city that it's it's in your it's in your blood like it's in your yeah and so at the women's game eric you said you were there uh down at city park a couple weeks ago becky sauerbrunn comes off the field midway through the first half because they were subbing everybody out standing ovation for minutes in a women's game at st louis i just it's so cool to see that do you see more Lori Klupneys and more Becky Sauerbruns coming down the pipe from St. Louis? Or do you think you guys are the, the, the gilded age and it's, it's, it's moving on? Oh, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. Um, yeah, I mean, this, we, there's been a lot of success in recent years uh, with players coming out, of this, coming out of the city. I think uh, it's only a matter of time before the next, I mean, Dear God, I hope so. Well, and, and, and by <laughs> but, the way, well, how about the young Pfeiffer girl who's just scoring yeah. goals all over the youth oh, yeah. national team? There's yeah. several yeah. from our backyard. Yeah, and 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 not only, I say the next Lori Klepney because your name is literally associated with an award now from the St. Louis Soccer Hall of Fame yes. for the Women's Player of the Year is the Lori Klepney Award. So I hope that that's coming, but. I, I, I'm just in awe. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm, I'm just fanboying. No, here. I mean, I think it's fair. And I think the people listening, this is they want to hear this. They want to, you know, because it's one thing to see you play, uh, go to your wiki page or go to YouTube and see the highlights and all that. But, you know, what, what we really are interested in, and I think the majority of our listeners are interested in, is that emotional connectivity, yep. not only to the game, but to your teammates, to the coaches, and to the community. Mm-hmm. And now that you guys are in this coaching, the roles that you are, it's this, you know, pay it, pay it forward, you know, kind of, kind of situation, you know, because we, we, we've had the privilege of talking to a lot of the club directors, <clears throat> and I would say every single one of them uh, has has made a point to talk about the the focus and the energy that they're putting into the the women's programs at Gallagher, at Fuse, et cetera. Because let's be honest, JB Marine ran the table for a long, long time on the women's side. That's not the case anymore. You know, the parity is there. And I think it's part of what Zach talked about earlier, that advocacy, you know, that, hey, you know, this is important, you know, and you were part of that. So how does it make you feel when you know that this incredible soccer culture that we have, this landscape that has put out, you know, the most national champions, players, everything, right? We know it. How does it make you feel knowing that you're part of the reason why the women's program at all these clubs is accelerating? Um, boy, I mean, that's, uh, it's, it's awesome. I mean, it's obviously, it's makes me feel really good. Uh, I hope that I have continued to push the game forward in, in the city and that I have been a, a role model for some kids and that they can see, uh, what's possible. Um, I, I, I certainly, that, that's the goal. That's the, the bigger dream, you know, it's winning world cups and winning Olympics, but it's more so it's pushing the game forward. 
So what's next for Maryville women's soccer? What's you've got? Uh, you guys just ended the spring. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's let's you know where can people follow you? You know when the season's coming up in the fall. How's the team look going into the fall? You know what can we expect from your product on the field? The Saints. <laughs> well, we um, <clears throat> we have a uh, uh, four weeks of camp. We're off the month of May. And we got four weeks of camp. Saints soccer camp, which we've done for. 30 years at Maryville and uh, Lori works those I'm, I'm the director of those and it's I mean we've got Al Trost, Jeff Ketch, Tori, Dan O'Keefe, uh, Matt Longo, Marco we, we, wow. we, have, we have a crew we have a crew to still and they've worked there for 30 years as well. You also so, the so slide. It's the, <laughs> the hill slide every every boy specifically because my, my son has gone to that camp a couple times talk about it, it goes both ways for the girls and, and guys. Every, but. every Wednesday we have the uh, fire department come out and we used to have a grass hill. Now, yeah. now we have to make our own, like swimming pool in the front of the DUC. Right? <laughs> yes. But the grass hill, they would wet the grass hill down, and we would, we'd slide down them. It was a mudslide. It was unbelievable. Oh and, my and gosh! I had to show them how to do it because these kids, they don't know how to go down that. Just had so to. I was the yeah. first one. Right? And, uh, they, they were all standing at the top of the hill with their devices, like googling how do a slide down wet hill. So I mean, so we we, we, we do with that crew. We hit. We have a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun, and it's a lot of soccer and a lot of. Uh, we, Shit, that's family. It, I mean, it, it is, is it not? I it, mean, that's family now. It is. Family. I mean, with yeah. you guys and that longevity. Yeah. I mean, kudos to you. Thank you guys, man. Thank you for. Yeah. You guys are huge members of what this town stands for. And then, Without you guys, I mean, you guys are big, big. You guys are Mount Rushmore people in this town, and thank you. Uh, yeah. We we just we, we 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 enjoy each other. We enjoy working with each other, and I think the product we, we've kind of developed at Maryville is really uh, coming to fruition for us, and. Uh, so we're, uh, we're, we're taking our girls. The NCAA has a uh, four-year rule. You can go on a national trip. In 2019, we went to Italy, and we had so much fun. We're going back again August 1st. For you guys need days. a chaperone? Let me speak on your behalf. And, no, and, they do not need and, a chaperone. And, and, then, and then we start preseason again, and it's, uh, you know, it's two days for a couple of weeks. And then, uh, you know, Lori talked about the team because we had a very, very successful uh, um past fall where we made it the second round of the NCAAs and nice. uh, um, you know it's we're, we're, we're hoping for more of the best I, I think if there's anything that we can get out of what we the season that we had in the fall it's uh, we, we belong and now and now it's now it's our job to maintain and sustain and nice yeah it's just uh, it's it's fun being a part of sort of developing a program uh, we've we've had each year seems to be getting better and better this past year we won our conference went undefeated in our conference and uh, got to got to go uh, to the big dance. Got to play in the NCAA tournament and actually won our first round game. And and then of course have to go to you know the Grand Valley State University, uh, uh, who uh, were the the reigning national champions, yeah. and they knocked us off one nothing, uh, but a very tight game. And so uh, we're we're hungry for more. Um, we're hungry for more. We had a good spring, um, but yeah, looking looking to get back uh, looking to get back to the big dance. Well, thank you. I mean, this is this has been a blast. Really appreciate you guys coming on. Um, you know, it's you, your players should feel extremely privileged. You know, and 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 kudos to you guys for everything that you've done. Best of luck with the season in the fall. We'll, we'll stay in touch and kind of keep an eye on what's going on. And you know, hopefully it goes really really well. And we'll bring you back to tell us all about it. How's that sound? That sounds, sounds great. great. <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. Thank you. Well, guys, thank you, Jared. Uh, thank you for. You're welcome. Your your skill sets galore. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> and your humility. Yeah, I, I actually appreciate well, my, the favorite thing about this show for me is Jared's humility. I lay in bed and thank God for that. So humble. <laughs> so, hey, give touche. us a touche. A. Um, give us a follow, give us a share, and thank you for listening in. We're out of here with a little Chris Cornell. Later. Later. <laughs>